welcome to Lombardi's Legends podcast, and always brought to you by Leaf Spirits Vodka, the best vodka in Wisconsin or anywhere, and Wags making cocktails. What do you have in store today? Yeah, we're going to do a Wisco Mule. So, uh, to start off with, we're going to do a ice-filled copper mug, and always using our Leaf Spirits Vodka, one and a half ounces. And this is a really simple drink. You can do this at any tailgate. Um, and then we're going to do a little splash of Contro or Grand Marnier. And then just spill with your favorite ginger beer, about four ounces. Garnish with a lime. And even when the kids are screaming in the tailgate, drink tastes delicious. Here you go. <laughs> Let me try. Anybody who's a parent knows you got to have one once in a while. Go back, go. Go back, go. I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will. Good afternoon and welcome into Lombardi's Legends podcast. I am Wags. Joining me as always is Dane. And Dane, how are you doing this afternoon as we. Get set to preview a Week 12 game against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Hey, man, I'm good. Happy almost Thanksgiving. We're recording the day before Thanksgiving here. Um, many of you will probably be listening on Thanksgiving on your way uh, to family get-togethers. So, um, hello, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and have a safe and happy holiday. Um, Wags, uh, I'm feeling good. I, I, you know, this is not how the year we we had planned it going, but now I think Matt Lafleur said it best. We're just going to take it one week at a time and see how things start to shake out. As Packer fans, I think this is going to be a time for evaluation. One more loss um, realistically takes the Packers out of. Um, playoff uh the numbers just won't make make sense so let's just see what they can do against a a really good nine and one eagles football team and i'm just looking forward to some sunday night football and let the chips fall how they're gonna fall yeah i mean if we're gonna look back and just uh at a thousand foot view of the season we said before last thursday's game against the titans packers really had no margin for error and that was one of those games staying that they needed to win uh, in order to have any chance. And while they're not mathematically eliminated, they just went from pretty much no margin for error to absolutely no margin for error. And based on what we've seen from this Packer team, it's going to be pretty hard uh, to think that we're going to run the table here. So uh, just being realistic, and it's, this is not a podcast that's very pessimistic most of the time, but we are realistic, and realistic, that's what—that's yeah. probably where we're sitting. We're, heck, we're going in prime time to play the best team in the NFC uh, on Sunday night. So uh, it's not really a, a great position to be in. But listen, we're still here to talk about yeah. Packers, and hopefully, what I want to see, Dane, is for them to play good football for the rest of the season, because this has just been, to me, one of those years where a lot of things have gone wrong, um, and we don't have to get into all of them right now, this afternoon, but uh, we're not as far off. This there's not. It's not hard to imagine there's a world where this team is playing or executing just a little bit better and is a 7-4 and four football team instead of 4-7 and seven 
football team, and then we'd be having a whole different discussion as we close out here for the home stretch of this season. Um, but uh, the reality is, is here we are, and uh, we're going into Philadelphia. So, uh, Dane, I, I know because we're recording here, as you said, day before Thanksgiving, uh, in the afternoon, we don't officially have an injury report, but we were talking before we jumped on. You had some updates uh, based on what we saw from practice participation today. Um, so uh, what are some of the updates that you saw? And is there any reason for optimism, particularly when it comes to the possibility of Romeo Dobbs being ready to go this Sunday? Yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's just look at the, some of the top line guys first. And we'll make our way down. Um, so let's let's talk about. Um, guys not practicing earlier today, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Romeo Dobbs, Devondre Campbell, Rasheed Walker, Rudy Ford, Tariq Carpenter. Um, don't know the details of all these injuries. Uh, the Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins um, did not practice. They're not surprises to me. Probably aren't surprised to, to you or anybody listening because they've been kind of in and out of practice throughout the, the majority of the year. Um, you know, Devondre Campbell and Romeo Dobbs are probably the two that everybody's pining for and want to know the most about. Um, let's start with Romeo first. Um, it sounds like Matt LaFleur was less than optimistic in his words today, said it's not counting on it yet, that Romeo is going to be able to be out there. But Wags, um, believe it or not, that's probably who I'm most excited to, to see out there. I was looking at a fact and figures earlier today. Dobbs and Christian Watson have only been on the field together for about 60 snaps all year long. And that's pretty remarkable when you start to think about the emergence of what Christian Watson's done over the last couple of weeks and what Romeo Dobbs was able to do earlier in the season prior to this injury. All of a sudden, you get both of those guys out there healthy for a number of games in a row to see what they can do to feed off of each other and take pressure off of each other. This could be a pretty nasty one-two punch as their careers progress. So um, while I'm not quite sure we're going to see it this week, um, I'm hopeful we're going to see Romeo Dobbs back sooner rather than later, perhaps as soon as next week, and we could see him with Christian Watson on the field at the same time, and I'm eager to see that. Um, and then again, Devondre Campbell not being able to go, very unlikely, I think he's going to be able to go if he's not practicing quite yet um, with, with the injury that he has. Um, we'll know a lot more, I think, by tomorrow and Friday after a couple more practices about where Devondre Campbell's going to go. But Wags, at this point, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking we're going to see more um, Walker and then some more... Um, uh, of Chris Barnes and, and Isaiah McDuffie out there uh, playing the inside linebacker spot this week and probably not as much Devondre Campbell. That's just my two cents. I think we'll see Devondre in another week as well. Yeah, Dane, I'm sorry. I, I lost my audio here for, oh, no. for a second, but I'm just going to keep going and pretend that we can hear each other. So uh, I, I agree. I think we're in kind of a uncomfortable position now of having to build for next year and we didn't get the immediate impact that we needed probably from Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs as you said they haven't really been out there together uh, for most of this season and so this is a situation where really we're going to have um, an opportunity to evaluate and see if this can flip into a strength 
as early as next season with two potentially dynamic young wide receivers going into year two. Uh, normally, you don't get a lot from the rookies, but uh, everyone's got to be very encouraged with what we've seen from Christian Watson. Romeo Dow's been a little bit up and down, ball security hands uh, for both of these guys. Those tend to be things that continue to get better and better um, after the rookie season, so moving into year two and year three. Uh, and uh, there's going to be another big turnover, uh, not to look too far ahead, in this wide receiver group. So I think it's really important that we use the rest of the season to not only see what we have in those two young guys, but get them on the same page with number 12. And if he comes back mm -hmm. uh, for another season, then we can go into the season running on all cylinders rather than having to try to figure it out as the season goes along. Uh, the other thing I'd like to see, Dane, is uh, with this offensive line, I, I think uh, just shifting gears with, with Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari on the injury report again, I, I think that's about what we've seen pretty much every week. So unless yep. something new crops up here throughout the week, I expect both of them to be out there on Sunday night. And uh, despite, I think, a little bit of frustrating loss to the Titans uh, in the last game. I, I, I This might sound crazy, but I thought the Packers offensively, there was some fits and starts, but it was just, it was the worst case scenario as far as how that game played out uh, with the Titans grabbing a lead and never really relinquishing it. And they just had such a uh, control of the time of possession in that first half. But I think that really didn't allow this Packers to get into much of a rhythm offensively. That said, um, it, despite some of the three and outs, especially late in the game as well, um, I, I think we're still seeing the evolution of that offensive identity that we've really been looking for throughout this season. And mm -hmm. that's been to run the ball and then go into play action and throw. And that's, um, while it wasn't at the level we quite needed it to be in order to get a win against the Titans, what I would like to see is for Coach LeFleur and this offensive coaching staff to continue to build on that and for that to be a cohesive and very clear identity that we can go into the offseason as we make some of the personnel decisions and tweak the roster uh, that we're able to build on that and, again, go into next season, not only from a talent standpoint, but from a schematic and a, from a identity standpoint, really being on the same page uh, so that we can hit the ground running uh, next season. Uh, so uh, here we are. It's it's week 12, and we're talking about next season already. But uh, again, Dana, as we said at the top, that's sort of the reality of what we're dealing with at this point. It is. It is. And, um, you know, we're going to find the, the silver linings, I think, in some of these things. And Wags, I'm going to dare you. I think we're going to talk a little bit about the Eagles-Packers uh, matchup. And then after that, I'm going to dare you to tell me what you're thankful for. Uh, this year uh, from this Packers team, if there's anything uh, that we can look at to be thankful. Um, but I want to talk to you a little bit about this Eagles matchup. The Packers are going to go into Philadelphia, uh, Sunday night football, national TV. Eagles are nine and one, Wags. And uh, I, I can't help but start with, with the offensive side of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Jalen Hurts has, has played really good football for Philadelphia this year. Um, their run game is strong. They just seem to be a complete football team 
uh, across the board. Um, heck, even A.J. Brown, wide receiver, they were aggressive. Um, Packers were not aggressive in getting a, kind of a veteran number one wide receiver this offseason. Philadelphia Eagles were, and we're seeing A.J. Brown play really good ball for the Eagles. So um, as we look at Philly, let's just talk about the offensive side of the ball, Philadelphia, and, and what can this Packers defense do to try to slow down Jalen Hurts? Because so far, only one team's been able to beat Jalen this year. They're just a good football team over there in Philly right now. Dane, I still we, can't hear you, but now I can. All right, very good. We may have lost Wags a little bit. Wags, if you can hear me now, I was just talking about how good Philadelphia has been offensively this year with uh, with Jalen Hurts uh, playing really good ball and also A.J. Brown and how the Packers um, were a team that didn't go after a number one wide receiver in the offseason. The Eagles went ahead and did that and got A.J. Brown. And, and really just kind of curious – 30,000 foot level and just looking at this Packers defense that's had their ups and downs this year. How do you see the Packers approaching this game against Philadelphia defensively taking on a team that's only won or excuse me, only lost one game all year. They've been really good in Philly, especially at home. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they've got AJ Brown certainly and Jalen Hurts has been playing pretty good football. Um, Mobile quarterbacks have really hurt Packers pretty much in perpetuity. I mean, you can go yeah. back years and years, and that's been an area where we've had some trouble. I am concerned about that this week, just because uh, we have not had the best success setting the edge. And so if Jalen Hurst is able to move a pocket, a but also really uh, stress the line of scrimmage with his legs and, and run the ball, um, on whether it's designed run or if it's just a scramble, uh, it, with the lack of depth that we have had uh, at the edge position as well as inside linebacker. I mean, really curious to see if Devondre Campbell's going to be able to come back this week because we could really mm-hmm. use him against a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. I thought Quay Walker played one of his best games of the season and his young career uh, against the Titans in the last game, but he could use a little bit of help. Um, it's been nice to see Chris Barnes, but he just seems to keep getting hurt, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for him out there. And McDuffie has has done fine uh, when he's been getting in there and getting rubbed. But neither of those guys are Devondre Campbell. So um, I'll be really interested to see if Devondre is able to go this week. And then uh, with the uh, speed of a guy like Quay Walker, can we use him as a little bit of a spy to help out and see what we can do to try to limit, we're not going to shut down the effectiveness of uh, a guy like Jalen Hurts' ability to run, but if we can limit the number of times that he's just gashing us, particularly on third down, um, if we've got third and long, and one of the things that was very frustrating to me uh, last week was we did really pretty well against Derrick Henry and the run game uh, from an efficiency standpoint. Uh, and uh, you may have mentioned that, but I couldn't hear. So, um, but um, the Eagles don't have a guy like Derrick Henry, but they're going to definitely try to establish the run and be physical at the point of attack uh, because then that can open up everything in the offense. So um, I, I think we have to continue to key on the run. I would like to see us be a little bit more physical at the line of scrimmage. We've been all the things we've been talking about all season long, but we can't allow a guy like A.J. Brown to get a free release. Um, and just uh, to get downfield vertically or over the middle 
without without trying to jam him or disrupt uh, some of the timing of his routes. Uh, Jalen Hurts is an effective quarterback, but he's still not what I would call a precision quarterback uh, at in the league in terms of standing in the pocket and, and really uh, hurting you uh, with his arm downfield. He can do it. Uh, as, as as we've seen, but I would like to make him stay in the pocket and uh, really just stay physical uh, up front against the run and play a contained pocket. So will that hurt us if we don't get as much pressure? Um, mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, without Rashawn Gary, we're not getting a lot of pressure without sending extra guys anyway. So um, I, I, to me, I think that's that we need to fill some of the gaps uh, with bringing guys up, uh, up on pressure in some of those situations we've seen Quay Walker, we've seen Darnell Savage get up there and blitz more in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I think we're going to have to continue to do that. The problem is, is with a guy like Jalen Hurst, you over pursue that blitz where he's able to step under that and move the pocket. Now he's going to have tons of space to run and that's going to be really hard to, to run them down. So uh, they're going to have to stay disciplined. And I think we're going to have to um, see if he can beat us with his arm. Uh, and that might be a little bit of a scary proposition, uh, but let's see what we're able to do with, with base pressure and uh, see if we can keep them contained in that packet. Uh, so you mentioned that, and I, I think that's all really good insight. Um, the figure that kind of jumped out to me, Wags, is how many touches um, Miles Sanders has had this year in this new, this coaching staff in Philly. I think that he has the eighth most touches of a running back um, running the ball. That's a, that's a huge number for a guy who, coming into this year, was kind of a um, committee work back. He's getting a lot more touches this year, averaging just shy of five yards a carry. So um, this is what the complicating factor is that no NFL team's really been able to figure out this year from Philadelphia is, Wags, you mentioned it, Hurts can run the ball, they can beat you through the air, but also they run the heck out of the football as well, and they can get you, and they can get you a lot of different ways, and that's going to open up the pass as well. So how do you see the Packers approaching uh, the the Miles Sanders? But also, they've kind of got a the Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. They've got other guys. They're deep at the running back spot. So, um, you know, trying to take away the pass game is one thing, but then they're going to try to get you on the run as well. Um, do, do you see more Savage up continuing to be near the line of scrimmage? Do you see them playing, uh, them being the Packers, playing two uh, inside linebackers? Do you think we're more in a nickel set? I'm just kind of curious how you see the Packers approaching this Eagles offense, uh, the run game as well. Yeah, that's a good question. I think we will probably do a little bit more nickel than base, especially yeah. if Devon Campbell's out again. Uh, wouldn't you agree? I mean, that, that you got to get your best guys out there at speed because one guy we haven't mentioned, we talked about A.J. Brown, but Devonta Smith uh, has presents a, a lot of speed um, on the outside as well, opposite of A.J. Brown at the yes. wide receiver position. And uh, he probably hasn't developed into a true breakout wide receiver that maybe some Eagles fans would like um, on a consistent week-to-week basis. But he's had some pretty good games this year, and we've seen that there's some he can pose a lot of matchup problems. Uh, and with the communication issues that we've seen with Packers secondary, uh, and unfortunately just continue to happen, and they never did go away this season. Yeah. So um, I think that that's going to be something that we're going to have to be aware of. Uh, is the Eagles are going to try to run the ball. We've got Jalen uh, Hurts on the 
uh, uh, edge uh, with his scramble ability or just uh, called run plays. And then we've got the ability for the Eagles to play action and go deep uh, on either side, really. And so that's why this Eagles offense has been so effective. Uh, They don't throw that much, but they're sucking in the league Mm -hmm. at 8.3 yards per attempt. So extremely efficient when you throw the ball. Uh, and they've got the weapons to be effective as well. So um, is this a week that we can give, finally, a blue-chip-level performance from uh, Jair Alexander? He's been talking a lot. Um, frankly, I, I've been a little bit nonplussed by it because I don't mm-hmm. think his play's been terrible, but he's not playing like the number one cornerback in the NFL this season. Right. Um, so just straight talk. Uh, he's, you know, playing really good most games and most times, but he's not playing at the level that we're paying him to play. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that Jair is someone that thrives off that swagger, and he probably, you know, really responds by talking and, and getting emotional out there on the football field and probably wants to get guys to talk back at him. So that's that'll get him fired up. So, like, I'm not criticizing the talking, but um, we just haven't seen – shutdown level performance out of Jair Alexander consistently in a week-in, week-out basis. Uh, This would be a great week for us to get that level of performance from him, first of all, and then let's see if all tides rise from there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wait, um, sticking with this Packers defense, um, one thing that's really um, stuck out to me uh, in the last week, Quay Walker had a, a opportunity to rush a number of times from the outside, more off of that edge spot. And I was really excited to see that. That's something that you and I, I think, um, I don't want to speak for you, but when we drafted him, um, you know, we we're wondering, oh, I wonder if he's going to play any edge for this Packers defense. And maybe out of necessity to a certain degree with Rashawn Gary's injury, um, Walker's been able to get out there and, and now play uh, against the edge. And I think he's very impactful there in certain uh, down and distance situations. Do you think that we're going to continue to see Walker um, getting some of those edge looks? Because I, I do think, you know, you talk about the challenge of setting the edge um, that the Packers have had at times this year, uh, particularly on third down, third and long. We know it's a pass set. I love the idea of getting Walker out there a little bit more. And he's dynamic. He's been very good for this team. He's a sideline-to-sideline linebacker. And any chance we can get him to show off his athletic ability more and get comfortable in different roles, I'm there for it. Um, Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you want him to focus on inside linebacker? I'm just kind of curious what your take is. No, I think he's the kind of guy that you want to get out on the field as much as you can. Uh, so limiting him to focusing on inside linebacker, I think, does a disservice to both him and his defense, as uh, both short and long term. Uh, this is a guy that we need to continue to develop, and he's a dynamic player. If he's just playing inside linebacker, there could be some situations, personnel-wise, that he's off the field if he's not part of the nickel package or mm-hmm. certainly part of uh, some some of the other uh, dime packages or other uh, schemes that they're going to throw out there in certain passing situations. Um, is he where they need to be as a cover guy? No, probably not. But he's been okay. I, I don't think he's been bad there by any means, especially as a rookie. Uh, but to your point, let's see if, he can continue to develop that skill set. We haven't had a lot of ability uh, from our inside linebackers to be able to 
really disrupt uh, from a blitzing or uh, rushing the passer, whether that's coming up the middle, uh, off the edge, or what have you. But his closing speed and his size, I think, poses a lot of problems uh, when he gets a free run uh, at the quarterback, and he doesn't miss too often. So uh, while while the sack numbers aren't necessarily there, when he's been able to get those opportunities, it seems like he's made the most of them. So, Dane, I completely agree with you. I think that's one area where uh, we talk about the young wide receivers. Uh, Quay Walker is uh, our first-round pick this year. Let's see what we can do to continue to develop him. He's not you know, someone that I'm looking at as a Micah Parsons-level talent at this point, uh, but are there some things that we can do to put him in similar positions uh, to be successful? Uh, absolutely. And uh, let's see if we can continue to build on that and do that this week as well. Wags, last thing um, that I'm thinking about uh, on this is I think that there's matchup problems all across the field. Uh, this Philadelphia uh, offense can present against the Packers defense or frankly, pretty much any defense in the league right now. They've just shown that they can be that good. Um, maybe a loaded question um, that we'll be talking more about as the season wears on, but do you have any confidence at all that Joe Barry can come up with a creative enough game plan to uh, take away the Eagles' um, the top threats and win this football game if you're the Packers defense? No, and that's, I think, why I, the Packers will ultimately be moving on from Joe Barry. Mm-hmm. There's been times where you could say, well, it hasn't really been the defense's fault that the Packers lost or that um, the defense in some situations and some games played well enough for the Packers to win. And I don't necessarily think that the defense has, on the whole, been as much of a problem as the offense has been throughout the season. The issue to me is the talent level that we've had and the scheme that we have to fit it just doesn't work. Uh, we've been seeing that from the beginning of the season, where Joe Barry seems to be very cautious. He has a vanilla scheme. Um, now, the last couple of weeks, he's kind of dialed up a little bit. Uh, it seems like pressure from outside or from maybe from Coach LaFleur or other coaches or players on the roster uh, causes him to make changes to the scheme from week to week. Um, we saw that going into the Jets game. There was a lot of confidence. Uh, that didn't go very well. Uh, they played pretty mm-hmm. well in the first half to keep them in the game. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's a, it's a, an issue to me when you've got a defensive coordinator that doesn't seem to be confident in what they're running, first of all, uh, mm-hmm. doesn't seem to have the ability to uh, build a scheme to fit his own personnel, secondly. And then the third and final piece is it doesn't seem like he has a scheme that has the ability to uh, adapt from week to week based on the opponent and the game plan. And so to me, those three things are kind of a nail in the coffin. But I, I don't know, Dane, um, if we're going to see any real significant changes with Coach Barry knowing that he, his job might be on the line uh, between now and the end of the season. But I, I don't know if you're him. Is there anything that you th- you would do or just knowing what we've seen from Coach Barry in the defense this year? Is there anything that you would be either surprised or would like to see them do um, starting this week? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I 
frankly think he's a little overmatched as a defensive coordinator. And I think that that's what it frankly comes down to. Um, and I think that he's probably a really good position group guy. Uh, and he's going to keep being employed as a position group guy. But I just, I'm not sure if he's got that, you know, next level um, frame of mind that you need to have an elite defensive coordinator. And that's just a reality. And, and really, there's not a lot of them out there. Um, but he's, he doesn't seem to be one of them. And we're not just looking at this year for the Packers. I think I'm looking at his track record as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. There's never been anything there when he's been a coordinator that blows you away and goes, well, this guy, just get him something else. And, and really, I think the most damning evidence is his own words, talking about the Packers having an elite defensive back group and then having the miscommunication in the defensive back room and, and clearly, you know, not trusting them in, in major situations, having them play well off wide receivers. It's just, it's a damning, damning situation when you say you have these elite players and then you're still losing or not playing uh, aggressively. It, it points to maybe a guy who's just in maybe a little over his head uh, to be a defensive coordinator in the National Football League. Yeah, and he called the defensive line special before right. the season. Right, uh, just I forgot about really, that. Uh, I haven't really seen that, uh, definitely not consistently, and certainly not against the run, uh, which is where I think those guys should be making their bones, considering who we have behind them. Um, but, yeah, Dane, it is also fair to say that we haven't necessarily seen any individual players, aside from probably Rashawn Gary, before he got hurt, that raised their level of play this season. Mm -hmm. Now, is that on the players? Is that on the coaching staff? Is that on the scheme? Is it a little bit of all of those things? Uh, But I I don't know. Maybe you can answer that or if you have a perspective on that. Uh, But a a little bit of this has to be accountable on the players too, right? So like, um, are there some things that uh, from an individual performance level that have given you a little bit of hope that some of these guys that may or may not be uh, on the team next year. Um, thinking about an Adrian Amos, for example, uh, not to get too mm-hmm. far ahead of ourselves, but are there any individual players, particularly maybe on this back end, the secondary, that I, I, I mentioned Jair, can he have that shutdown corner level performance this week? Are there any other guys in your mind that could step up their play here uh, this week and down the stretch that could help this defense maybe take it to another level as well? Well, that's the hard, that's the hard truth is I think you're right. If you go up and down the roster from last year to this year, how many guys offensively or defensively can you say have actually played better ball this year? And I think almost to a man, it's just, it's, they're not at the level that they were uh, a year ago, which is truly puzzling to me based on how many of the same guys we have on this roster. And it's not like we're talking about a bunch of guys in their late thirties, right? We're talking about some guys that are, are still, I would argue in the prime of their careers, but I, you, you pointed out an Adrian Amos, um, certainly Jair. I think Razul Douglas has done a very good job, um, actually. Um, they've asked a lot from him, and I think that um, he just does what they ask him to do. I do think, though, Wags, that Razul Douglas is better uh, on the perimeter as a cornerback than he is as a slot corner. That's something they're going to have to rectify and figure out going into next season because Razul is just better on the outside. He's he's not a slot guy. I would argue that so far in the last couple of years, Shannon Sullivan's been the best slot person they've had in there. And maybe, um, you know, letting him go wasn't the best idea uh, just because was Shandon your all-world guy? Probably not. But was he a guy who was comfortable in that role and did what they needed him to do? Yeah. 
So, you know, that's that's a tough truth that we maybe are looking at there. But Wags, even somebody like Devondre Campbell, he's been good, but he's had more missed tackles this year than I think he did all of last season, and that's before the injury. Um, so he's certainly not playing, I think, at the all-pro level that we are looking for. So I'd love to see um, getting more out of him. And then I'll even go closer. Um, somebody like a Dean Lowry, man. Um, Dean Lowry, I thought last year, probably played some of his best football. This year he's been nearly non-existent. Uh, when he's out on the field, I don't even notice when he's out there other than when I see him getting blown backwards uh, on, on run pro. And that's that's just the I'm trying to be not too harsh, but it's a reality. So, you know, you look at some of these veteran guys and I guess I'm starting to single out some of the guys that are on lesser, con- you know, shorter term contracts now with the Dean Lowry's and the Adrian Amos's. But I wouldn't be surprised if this Packers defense does start to see some new blood come in starting next year. Yeah, and maybe not maybe not yet this week, but as we move forward, we've got guys that it may be worthwhile to evaluate. Um uh, we signed uh Jonathan Abram. Um, you know, we've got Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton. They they're getting snaps, but maybe not yeah. to the level that we'd like to see. See what they have. Are they worth potentially bringing back if we let an Adrian Amos or we let a um a Dean Lowry go and and yeah. i expect that packers might make other moves other than just you know filling in who they have on the roster currently uh but it's always good to get that evaluation and just kind of see where you stand with guys up and down the roster that you already have in-house at this point wait um, do you Dana, feel real quick i'm sorry because we're, we're getting off so we're talking like it's you know week 17 but how close do you think this defense is to being a good defense because right now they're they're kind of middle of the pack you know like but like you know like Going into an offseason, like, how close are we? Because I feel like there's some significant anchor guys here on this defense, but there's some other guys that, you know, we're going to have to evaluate, and there's some guys that I think are clearly not coming back next year. So just, and this can be a 30-second answer because we're going to be talking about this an awful lot, but how close are they, do you think, 1 through 10, or being like a top 10 defense? Yeah, can I, I think it's close. The biggest mm-hmm. question to me would be at safety. Uh, what we're doing, both with, you know, and certainly I don't think you look at Savage as not someone that, unless they trade him, he's going to be back on the team next year because they exercise his, his uh, option. But um, we need to find out if if we've got another coordinator that can put these pieces together. Uh, I think another edge rusher would sure be great. Uh, but other than that, I don't really see any weaknesses on this defense at all, uh, to be honest. And even safety is... As disappointing as that play, I, I, it's hard for me to completely single out those two guys because the performance, as I just said, has not really been there from any position. Right. And it's hard to say that that's, that's just a player issue. To me, that's more coaching than it is the players. So I, I don't think it's that far off. I, I really don't. Um, I'm not as excited about the personnel as I was coming into this season. Uh, but I would like to see what another uh, another defense coordinator is able to accomplish with, with the group that we have. Um, Dean, I think we should take a quick break. And let's talk about uh, our sponsor, yeah, DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this week and heading into the holiday season, they've got a great deal. Um, right now, customers can bet $500 or $5 on any NFL team to win their game, not $500, and get $150 in free bets if they do. So um, lots of things to check out. Um, same game, Tarleys. 100% boost with uh, DraftKings stepped up 
same-game parlays. So, Dane, uh, what are you looking forward to as far as some of the parlays that are on the docket for this week? Uh, maybe Thanksgiving Day games tomorrow. Wags, I mean, do we do you do you ever bet on the Detroit Lions? I would not bet on the Detroit Lions this week on Thanksgiving. You can bet against them. But you can bet against them. They've been playing better than we than we have. So I don't know if we're in a position to, to throw shade <laughs> oh, at the man. Lions right now. This is hurtful. Um, I'm gonna go bold and I, I'm I'm gonna go bold and I'm gonna be very um upfront with folks too that you might not want to take my advice, but I take all the away teams this week uh on Thanksgiving Day. That's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with some bold predictions, but please do not hold me to this because I am not always the best at uh, picking parlays. But um, that's what's so fun about DraftKings Wags is we're Packer fans, right? I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. You're a Green Bay Packer fan. Um, so we're sitting down eating dinner. It's Thanksgiving Day, having a glass of wine. And guess what? You can have a little extra fun with that football game on the back uh, in the background um, when you're playing with the DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlay. So to do it, you have to go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. All right, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get a $150 bet if they do. So only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so Dan, I'm going to throw a question back at you since we've been posing questions here, and I think we've gotten kind of off course as far as yeah. previewing this week's matchup. We were talking a little bit about that earlier, but uh, suffice it to say, um, Pack Eagles are really good. Um, pa- Packers have not been playing well. Uh, what we want is for the Packers to play better. So let's turn our eyes to the offense. And we, we hit on a little bit with the injury update that you said earlier. But, Dane, uh, what is the main offensive focus this week on the game plan uh, to try to get things going and put up some points against this Eagles defense? Well, it's going to be tough. It's tough sledding uh, against this this defense. They play a base for 3D over there in Philadelphia. Wags, per the huge, you go on the road, it's going to be loud as hell, especially on national TV. Uh, going into Philadelphia uh, at night after a four-day weekend, I think folks are going to be liquored up and extra loud there in Philly. Um, so I think going in there – the number one thing the Packers can do is set the tone early and get into some third and shorts and get into some third and manageables. That's what I want to see. Um, you know, I, I look at uh, I look at somebody like a TJ Edwards, who you know anybody who's from Wisconsin probably knows TJ Edwards, tackle machine of Wisconsin. Um, he's a guy who I want to see the Packers get a, a body on. Um, all all game long. If we can get a blocker on T.J. Edwards, we're going to be able to have some success if we're getting to the second level. Um, but, you know, we, we said it week in and week out, we want to see running the, the ball against uh, whoever we're playing, but it's it's tough sledding against Fletcher, Claw, uh, excuse me, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and and, and Hargrave and, and, and all these guys, right? They got a lot of guys that are sure tacklers, that are fast, um, that are aggressive. So, Wags, I'd like to see the Packers um, play vertical. Uh, in the running game, uh, not as much side to side. I don't think that we're going to be able to, um, you know, outrun them 
um, so to speak, and, and getting to the edge against this Philly defense. They're just too fast and too aggressive on that front. But I do think that we can have some success in the interior line, especially if Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari yet again are able to go. I'd like to run the ball off the left side. Uh, but I do have a lot of faith in our Packers offensive line in the run game. I just want to see us stay consistent and, and, and really try to, to dial into that um, with some, some Aaron Jones, some A.J. Dillon. But I, primarily, again, uh, Aaron Jones, who I think has easily been the most electri- electrifying offensive player, maybe short of Christian Watson over the last couple of weeks on this offense. So I, I want to see a heavy dose of Aaron Jones this week. Yeah, the Eagles have the best pass defense in the league. Uh, so that's that's the tough thing here. They that's right. Not been, they've got the guys that traditionally the Eagles have been pretty good on the defensive line. As you mentioned, Fletcher Cox. Uh, good. They just, they just had went out a few weeks ago. Uh, they've been actually got gashed a little bit on the ground in that loss to, to Washington. And mm-hmm. in response, they went out and signed Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue. So those guys, I think, are a little bit past their prime is a, a nice way of putting it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that they're going to be primary uh, guys on the defensive line that are out there this week. But clearly, that was an issue that an Eagles team that has Super Bowl aspirations looked at and said, we've got to address this. And uh, their GM, Howie Roseman, got aggressive. And uh, whether those are the guys, uh, I don't think either of those guys at this point in their career are going to necessarily put them over the top. Clearly, they wanted to do something to address uh, what's been an issue for them, Um, one of the few issues that they've had. So here's the problem uh, against this Eagles. We defense. We, we talked about the mismatches that they pose offensively. Uh, the problem for the defense is as good as they've been against the pass, they've been excellent with takeaways. So it's always hard when you go on the road to limit turnovers. Uh, the Packers, even as they are seeking out this identity to run the football, uh, are, are going to have to keep this game close in order to be able to be effective with that. Um, sure, I know they were able to come back in the fourth quarter against the Cowboys, but that was at home in Lambeau. And, and frankly, I think they got pretty fortunate that they got a couple of stops uh, in the way that they did in fourth quarter and in overtime, um, or we wouldn't have seen the outcome that we did. Uh, that's not going to be a recipe that we can rely on going into Philadelphia. Um, and so you can talk all you want about trying to stick with this run game and get into those third and shorts. And I agree with you, Dane. So I'm not disagreeing with you, but we're going to have to be a heck of a lot better on third down. And here's the thing. We have not been good on third down. Uh, how many three and outs have we had right. this season? And that really came to fruition against the Titans. Uh, we had way too many three and outs. And then you fall behind by even three, seven, ten. And you come back and get a touchdown, but then they come back and score. You're just scratching and clawing, and you don't have the big play ability with the offense that you're trying to run to be able to get into a track meet and overcome some of those um, those deficiencies. So it, it's it's going to be incumbent on Packers to have any chance this week uh, to be able to a not turn the ball over, uh, b uh, they need to get uh, first downs, even on series that they don't score. They're not going to score every possession. Um, we just can't have so many three and outs. We need to be better on third down uh, from a percentage standpoint. And, you know, then when we get onto the Philadelphia side of the field, at least get in field goal range. 
field goals are not going to win this game against Philadelphia, but three six points um, could help, maybe, if we play a really good game um, at the end of the day. So uh, let's not get down to the 40-yard line and stall and have to go for it on fourth and four again and uh, give up football, give them good field position, and then we're coming out of that uh, decent possession with absolutely no points. So um, to me, Dane, we're going to have to take some chances. Uh, But, yes, we're going to have to run the ball, and we're going to have to do um, something that we haven't seen a lot of, uh, which is connect on those deep balls. So if Romeo Dobbs is out, I know we had really good game for Christian Watts a couple weeks ago. He had a couple touchdowns again against the Titans. Didn't really necessarily stretch them vertically. Uh, but uh, we're going to have to be able to take some shots and, and really probably get the best game of the season that we've gotten out of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and even then, that might not be quite enough, depending on how how effectively we're able to slow down Philadelphia offense. So um, the odds are stacked against us in this one. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but we we just can't let Philadelphia's offense be out on the field, um, you know, with impunity, because then that's that's going to be a recipe to, to potentially get blown out. Let alone uh, try to go in there and steal a win. Wakes, um, are you? I'm going to look at some of the the positive here on the offense. I'm extremely excited to see if Christian Watson can put a third game in a row together that where he looks like he has anywhere near the last two games. It seems like two weeks ago, dare I say, that was an actual breakout game. He looks way more comfortable, and there's still room for improvement for Christian Watson. Um, but he looks like a guy who can ball in this league. That touchdown last week against Tennessee uh, in the end zone there. That those don't just happen by mistake normally. That was a hell of a catch by Watson. Um, so I'm excited to watch him play against some really good uh, Eagles defensive backs, particularly uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson, who I think is a very good um, uh, safety in this league. But you know, you look at um, you look at some of the other guys like Reddick and Bradbury. I mean, they they play really good defense. But I want to see Aaron Rodgers looking Christian Watson's way yet again this week. I, I love the downfield presence that he's presenting for this offense, and I want to see him continue to grow um, this week and maybe find some soft spots against this Eagles defense. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how much gravity he has now after the performances that he has. Because we saw what Randall Cobb was able to do in his first performance back last week. Thought he had a pretty effective game, and that's like the definition of what you would look for in a Randall Cobb game at this point in his career. Uh, So can Alan Lazard kind of replicate what Randall Cobb did? Uh, and really cook over the middle. If yeah. Christian Watson has gravity uh, with the opposing defenses, then that gives them a lot more space potentially to work. And that's what those guys need because they're not necessarily going to run away from defenses. They can find soft spots in those zones. Uh, but if Christian Watson is able to do that, uh, then whether he gets a touchdown or even connects on a deep vertical route from, from Aaron Rodgers, um, in a way, uh, that would be something that could unlock a few things uh, with some of these other guys, Robert Tunyon, someone else, uh, just giving a little bit more space to work with in that intermediate space of the field. Uh, and those are the route runners. So if Christian Watson gets out of their way, has some gravity with some of the guys, maybe a safety over the top, uh, then that can be something that can really open some things up um, in a way that obviously Packers offensive coaching staff was planning 
coming into this season. Uh, it didn't happen, but, uh, you know, season's yeah. not over from the stake of, you know, playing these games out. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, you're right. Uh, see, they, uh, Gardner Johnson is a really good corner, uh, but are they going to trust him out on an island along right. with a speed guy like C.J. Uh, Watson? And I am, I'm going to be really interested to see how Philadelphia chooses to defend him and how the Packers then respond when they off and choose to attack uh, with Watson. Um, or if he does get gain gravity, if they're able to really open some things up. And maybe this is a really big Alan Lazard game this week if, if, that, if that happens and uh, Aaron Rodgers suddenly getting the mismatches that he'd like to see over the middle. Do you think Rogers' thumb is is causing some of this inaccuracy issues? We saw it was a really bad fourth quarter for him against the mm-hmm. Titans. He missed some wide open guys. I don't know how much of it's thumb. I don't know how much of it's just whatever. But he definitely didn't look like Aaron Rodgers that fourth quarter drive. You know, he just he looked bad. To be totally honest with you, yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you think about that? Because it doesn't know. seem like you know the velocity on his throws. I mean, he. We, we've seen at times he's making throws that it's like, it looks the same. It's mm-hmm. just the accuracy's off. So, uh, but other times the accuracy's fine. So is it, you know, is it bothering him? I, I don't know. Probably he would say so, but he's, he's not really saying because I'm sure he doesn't want defenses to be keeping on it more than they already are. Um, mm-hmm. But, his footwork, Dane, hasn't been superlative this season either. Uh, that's always been something that he can be a little bit messy with and get away with uh, because of his arm ability. Uh, but um, times over the last three, four, five seasons, we've seen his footwork get a little bit shoddy at times, and he hasn't been able to necessarily overcome that um, in terms of the accuracy and the zip on the throws. Um, in his first MVP season a couple years ago, I think he fixed some of those issues. And I, I think there's times where it seems like that's creeping up again this season. So I don't know if he's quite as on point with that either. But what do you think? Because you're right. I mean, they, he didn't just miss guys that were like semi-covered. He missed right. a couple of guys that were wide open wide on open. throws that were not like 40 yards down the field either. Mm-hmm. So um, it was surprising to see that. But uh, I think know, he's built your- an... Yeah, I mean, I think he's built – I'll tell you what. I think he's built up enough resume that maybe the thumb bothers him at different points, especially later in a game. I could see it bugging him more, and, and the pain is starting to kind of creep in there, and maybe he doesn't have the touch he had in even the first or second quarter. And that's where I'm going to probably go. If this was a second-year guy, I'd be like, uh-oh. But he's a guy who he's, – he's done it way too long. I don't think he's just lost his accuracy, but I do think, you know – the thumb's bugging him, and he hasn't been able to totally figure out um, how to manage that entirely. And maybe at times he lets the ball go thinking it's going somewhere, and it's just not going where he thinks it's, it's going. And that's just, you know, the nature of it when you've got such an important part of what you're gripping out there with an injury to it. So I'm going to go with that, um, but that, that doesn't make me excited for the remainder of the season because I don't see how that thumb gets any better between now and the end of the year. Yeah, well, we know almost nothing about the severity of it. Right. It's, it's taped every week. Every We've week. seen him at times kind of grab his hand, but, you know, I, I maybe we, I don't know, maybe we haven't made as big of a deal out of it as we should. He hasn't missed that much practice time. Um, so it doesn't seem like anything severe. It might just be one of those nagging things that, as you said, can crop up here and there. 
um, and doesn't necessarily, you know, play out like it's not like an every play constant pain thing. Right. Um, only he would be able to tell us that. But um, that that probably makes sense what you're saying in terms of what we've seen because there's been times he's made phenomenal throws and there's been times where it just wouldn't be hitting the broad side of the barn, which is very unlike Aaron Rodgers. So um, it was unfortunate that that cropped up in late in the game when, you know, it it would have been taken a lot for us to, to come back and win that game. But uh, we had just done it the week before. Yeah, so right. who knows how things go if, if we're able to make a, a couple more connections there. Um, in that fourth quarter and keep a few of those drives going. Uh, so uh, we'll see, but he's going to have to be really good. A to A plus this week, in my opinion, for yeah. us to have any chance to win this game. Yeah, I agree. He's going to be really, really good to beat this Eagles team. Um, that's just the reality. Um, Wags, I, I wanted to ask you in the spirit of Thanksgiving, unless there's anything else you want to touch on for this week, um, is there one thing, uh, one player, maybe a young guy, a veteran, whatever, that you're thankful for this year um, in the spirit of Thanksgiving? It's not been the year we wanted, so I'm not necessarily thankful for the record, but how are you feeling on this Thanksgiving uh, with this Packers team? Is there anybody you're thankful for? The When you asked me that question just now i am not even thinking about it um since we didn't talk about this before he came on first guy that immediately comes to mind is josh nyman uh talk about a guy that's been a consummate teammate professional this year um had to kind of move around quite a bit uh, plays the game of you know plays uh, is he gonna play is he not gonna play with david bakhtiari and frankly, uh, someone that we've been talking all season is a starting uh, tackle in this yes. league. And so the fact that he was kind of, I'm not saying he was getting jerked around. I, I, that's, I don't want to make it sound like that. But the reality is they were kind of not putting him in a position that it's like he should have been out there starting every week is, is ideally what we should have seen. And finally, that happened. They move him over to right tackle. And he's been playing really good football. I, I would dare say that as well as he did filling in last season, um, he's probably one of the only guys, as we were talking earlier, that's raised his level of play and has proven uh, that he's definitely a starting tackle in this league. And I'm excited uh, by what he's shown out there and, and what he can continue to show with us moving forward. Uh, so, uh, to me, I just got to be thankful for a guy like Yash that has never complained, just keeps getting better, is not necessarily put in the position that he probably should have been, if we're being fair, based on his talent level and his ability. Um, and he just goes out there and he's been doing his job, not only the best of his ability, but really very effectively at an NFL level each and every week. And unfortunately, we haven't gotten that from everyone. Um, whether that's been scheme, coaching, game plan, or just individual performance this year hasn't happened. Uh, but I'm thankful that a guy like Yash Nyman has kept his head down and gone out there and done that. So um, there's other guys. I'm not saying he's the only one. There's other guys that have been able to do that. Uh, but he's uh, certainly one that comes to mind given the situation. That's How about you, nice. I, Yeah, no, I mean, you know, always grateful when we can watch Packer games, right? It's always fun. But I, I'll tell you what – when it comes down to it, I'll stay on the offensive side. I'm going to say Aaron Jones. 
Dude's just a pro. He's he's a guy who's just a good guy off the field. He the teammates love him. You can tell everybody loves the guy. Um, he puts it in week in week out. It's a it's one of those position groups where you it's easy to get a big head, right? You're scoring touchdowns every week. Give me the damn Paul Keyshawn Johnson style, right? Like you could be all these different guys. And instead, Aaron Jones like welcomes AJ Dillon in with open arms, super respectful to the reporters and the and the coaching staff. Um, you know, it really matters in the community. Just a stand up guy. If there are more Aaron Joneses in, uh, in in professional football, you know, just just think about it, right? He's just a good dude. So I'm thankful for him, not only for what he does on the field every Sunday, but my God, just what he does for for the community and and in Green Bay. He's just one of the good ones. We're lucky to have him here. Yeah, um, and he was the other guy that comes to mind, too. Um, also, someone that easily could complain or make an issue or be a problem, because how many times have we said we should have given Aaron Jones more touches? Um, and he knows it. Everyone knows it. And still, uh, he's been having to kind of work uh, on a little bit of a, a shorter workload than what we would like to see. Uh, most games this season. So, uh, Dane, I do like that. Real quickly, it looks like you froze a little bit, but um, I think if we can get Dane unfrozen and back on, uh, we should close out this episode with a Leap Spirits segment for X-Factors and score predictions. So um, let's talk about our Leap Spirits X-Factors. Leap Vodka is found only in Wisconsin. So if you would like to go and find Leap Spirits in a retail store or restaurant near you, go to leapspirits.com and click on Find Leap Vodka. So uh, we lost Dane here for a moment, but I'm going to go ahead and kick off this segment. And if he makes it back on, he can give us his pick. So starting on the offensive side of the ball for offensive X factor, I'm going to go ahead. I mentioned it a few minutes ago and go with Alan's art this week. And I I think Alan has had uh, the type of season that some folks could say would be a little bit of a disappointment, uh, given that he's quote unquote, our number one, um, somewhat by default uh, coming into the season as a wide receiver. Uh, But, I would say that uh, it's not all due to what he's been trying to do because Allen's the same guy he's always been. Uh, so I don't think that he's someone that would it would have been fair to shoulder an extra burden on uh, from the standpoint of can he do more than what he's always been able to do in the past. Uh, he's someone that is relying on other playmakers on the offense to be able to have gravity and pull guys away. So um, I mentioned earlier that I think Alan Lazard, if Christian Watson pulls the safety over the top, Alan Lazard could benefit uh, getting some more targets this week. Um, So I'm going to go with Alan Lazard as an X-Factor. I think he gets in the end zone this week. Um, I think he gets at least five catches this week. Uh, So I think he'll be a little bit more involved. And um, I, uh, for that reason, I'm going to go with Alan Lazard as my offensive X-Factor. So, Dane, it looks like you made it back on. Perfect back. timing there. Uh, you caught the back, uh, tail end of my I heard it. Pick on the offensive side. Yep. So who do you have on the offensive side for an uh, X-Factor? I'm going with our boy who's in the chat. Uh, David mentioned uh, Big Bob. I'm going with Big Bob, too. Big Bob Tunyon. Let's go with Robert Tunyon. I think he's been um, 
really, really good this year coming off of a, a serious knee injury. And uh, when I look at this Philadelphia Eagles defense, maybe where they're going to have their biggest challenge is sticking with an athletic tight end. Um, and that's where I see Robert Tunyon coming to work and, and, and moving the chains. We talk about third and manageable, even if it's not third and manageable. I actually think Tunyon could have a close to 80 yards this week, Wags. I'll just call my shot right now, and I think that he's going to help move the chains. Uh, they're going to be worried about Christian Watson. They're going to be worried about Alan Lazard. They're going to be worried about Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and that's going to allow Tunyon to kind of break free for a couple big plays and, and maybe one big play for this Packers offense on, on Sunday night. So I'm going to go with Robert Tunyon as my Leap Spirits offensive X Factor this week. Yeah, and uh, John in the chat asked me to pick the Packers to lose this week so that they somehow win. Um, so we'll get into the score predictions here momentarily. Maybe I should have picked Christian Watson as my X Factor because uh, that's gone pretty weeks. well the last couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's it. I made my pick, so I'm going to stick to it. Uh, Dane, who do you have on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, we'll go with uh, we'll go with Quay uh, Walker again. Uh, I think that Walker has been phenomenal inside linebacker. They're going to ask him to do a lot if he's rushing the edge too. Um, we need to get pressure on the quarterback. Like we mentioned early in the podcast, seventeen um, rushes at the edge for for young Walker. I want to see him get some more of those. So Wags, they're going to ask a lot of them. We're going to expect a lot of them. First round pick, really good football player, getting better. So how can it not be Walker, our Leap Spirits X-Factor defensive player of week 12? Yeah, it's a really good pick. Someone that I was definitely thinking about. Um, I'm going to make a selection in the spirit of what you've done uh, sometimes, which is picking the best player on the defense. Yeah. mentioned earlier Jair Alexander. Is Love he it. able to raise his level this week to shut down level performance. And that's what we need this week from Jair for this defense to have any chance of slowing this Eagles offense down. And so if Jair is able to do that, that's an X factor for this defense. And so for that reason, I'm going to go with Jair Alexander. Um, maybe if he gets the ball thrown his way, he's able to get his hands on football, get an interception uh, this week. Uh, maybe a couple more opportunities to deflect the football, whether he's the one that ends up with the ball. Um, you know, it, can he get a little bit more involved in, in really disrupting the rhythm of this Eagles pass game? Uh, so Jair has had some good moments this season. He's played solid football. for his, But for him, um, I, I expect kind of a next level. And so I, I'm just going to put him on blast this week and say, Jair, you're my defensive X factor. Let's see what you got. Can you raise it to that level that we know you're capable of? Um, and really against a very good uh, Eagles offense, uh, st- put your stamp on this on, on national television. Um, I think Jair is the guy, type of guy that likes to uh, come up big in big moments in a primetime game on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I think uh, that's why I'm going to go with Jair Alexander as defensive X factor. Awesome choice, and and I think I think um, up to the challenge. But I agree, Wags, and I agree with your sentiments early earlier in this pod too. Where you mentioned, you know, he, he's been good, but he hasn't been number one corner in the league this year, and and I'd like to see that as well. So I love that choice. Um, so I think we know how you're going to go in predicting the score of this game, but I want to hear um, what's your choice, what's your prediction this week. So I, I'm curious. If I pick the Packers to lose, does it matter what the score is? Like, if I pick them to lose by a lot, is that even better? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out. I, I'm going to go the Eagles uh, 34, Packers 10, and 
Prove me wrong, guys. <laughs> uh, let's let's get a big uh, Packer performance on Sunday Night Football. No, uh, I, I hate it, but I also understand it, and I'm going to also bet against the Packers this week. Um, it's just I've never done it before, but seeing how the season's going, the Eagles are good. Um, Packers have not been good this year. I'm going to go 31 Eagles, Packers 24. Um, Packers are playing catch-up in the fourth quarter, probably getting another touchdown, but it's just the way this season's going between the injuries, lack of cohesion, poor coaching at times, and just, you know um, – all of it, right? I just we haven't seen enough from the Packers that I think they're going to go on the road and beat a nine and one football team. I just don't think that that's quite in the DNA right now of the twenty twenty two Packers. So again, I'm going to uh, pick the Eagles thirty one over twenty four, and boy, do I hope the Packers prove us wrong. Yeah, for sure. And trust me, Packers win. I will be picking against them every game, every week, season. Me too. <laughs> so, all right, um, Dane. Any other closing thoughts here before we sign off here this afternoon? Yeah, no, I just, um, happy Thanksgiving, be safe, have fun, Wags and I are going to go celebrate tonight before Thanksgiving uh, with some friends, I hope you all have a chance to do the same with family or friends, it's a wonderful time of year, decompress a little bit, and look forward to some Packer football Sunday night. Absolutely, as always, be legendary, and go Pack! Go Pack, go! Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will.